Hello and welcome to Well Branded, the podcast, a place where you and I get the opportunity to engage with interesting personalities from all over the world and explore the success behind their brands, their strategy, and their vision. Today, I welcome Shukri Tofi, an entrepreneur, strategic advisor, an investor, a speaker, a film producer, and CEO of the Fortified Group. Now, Shukri's also got the distinction of being an entrepreneurship expert at Said Business School for the University of Oxford. He's won multiple awards globally, and that continues with every single year that passes. He's consulted many leading brands around the world of business strategy, communication, growth, and has been recognized as one of the top creative minds on the African continent. Now, this is amongst many, many other accolades, but today we talk to Shukri about entrepreneurship. How do we survive? How do we get through the pandemic, the crisis that we're currently going through? And most importantly, how do we come out the other end thriving? Shukri Tovi, welcome to the Well-Branded Podcast. I am so excited to have you here because... A, it's very rare that I get an entire hour to pick your brain without you having heaps and heaps of other engagements to get to. But B, because I just think that brain has so much to offer the world of branding and entrepreneurs. And I think it would really benefit listeners to get a little bit of insight from you, um, especially given the situation the world's in at the moment. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Really happy to be here. Now, I'm going to start with the obvious. Um, we're in a very challenging time um, currently globally with regards to economies and businesses, big or small. Is it a time where you would say risk is the route to be going or caution is the route to be taking? So I think, um, you know, it's a good, it's a good question. Um, I think that sometimes, um, you know, in, it depends on your interpretation of being risky or cautious, right? So I think we're, we're in an environment where we have to be bold and have to think about doing things differently. Because um, if, you, if you don't think about digitizing, if you don't think about sort of finding a way to connect to the gig economy, if you don't think about how you can you know, make use of the fact that the world has fundamentally shifted um, to increase your ability to kind of um, make money and add value and do great things in the world, um, you're going to be left behind. And yet at the same time, I think one has to be very cautious because we just happen to be um, in, a, in a time in history that requires us to be able to also survive this period. And so I think um, we have to balance what I would call like the tyranny of the now with kind of being bold and sort of find, being courageous around the decisions that we make going forward. Because I think once we get through this, I think there'll probably be no more fertile ground to be able to, um, to start something new and to be bold and, and, and take on a, a few more risks. So I'm going to pick that apart a little bit. Um, being an entrepreneur, being a business starter, being someone that's been in business for a while, um, you're hearing this, right? You're hearing this alongside all these terms that are floating around, whether you agree with them or not, with new normals and all the rest of it you're hearing the opportunity and the fertility of the ground that sort of waits over the hump. But what is that bridge that's connecting you from the tyranny of now, as you called it, to that ground, that fertile soil and that wealth of opportunity that perhaps waits? So I think um, it's a great time. And you and I have spoken about this before um, in, in different kind of uh, contexts, is that I think it's, there's no better time to, to go back to say, who am I? So, you know, to kind of bring it back to the, um, to the being the branding aspect of it is to say, who am I? 
what are my key values? What's driving me? Because I think that if we are um, reactive and schizophrenic to saying, well, I'm just going to jump over the hump and do whatever, um, I think to kind of just get ahead, I think we're going we're gonna to sort of run into trouble in the medium term. And so I think it's an opportunity for us to say, what are our core values, right? And so we've become quite jaded when we, if you've ever worked in a corporate or been involved with helping uh, big organizations build corporate values, yeah. we can all right here, innovation, integrity, blah, 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 right? And they hold no real value in the day-to-day -day interactions that people have. But I think as human beings um, and as entrepreneurs and as people who are building a brand for ourselves and for perhaps our small businesses or in maybe larger businesses, you have to start off with saying, what are my core values? I value independence and freedom and doing good in the world. I value um, sustainability or whatever that may be for you. Um, and once you have that in place, you can then articulate a purpose statement for yourself. And I think that purpose statement that stems from your values needs to be the thing that drives you over that hump that you speak of. Because, um, you know, I think what's also quite irritating is all these people who are predicting the future. This is what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And so I think it's a time to be self-reflective. It's a time to hone in on what you're feeling and, um, and then chart, you know, the kind of the, the path that you want through these, through these uncertain waters. I mean, we've spoken about this with regards to my business. I mean, you're a sounding board and a sort of advice hub that I come to personally, which is why I thought, you know, it, it would be critical for listeners to get access to that kind of information as well. But through this journey of deciding what your values are, assessing who you are in the mix, is that not, and this is a question I find myself asking myself, is that process also not being, for lack of a better word, bastardized in this process of being home and getting in touch with your audience and being like, is sincerity not a trend at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think um, it, it's hard. You know, there's this, what I call this quicksand of content that you sort of constantly bomb, being bombarded with. And, you know, I think at times we are, we have no choice to opt out of what people are saying and what people and what the kind of predominant narrative is. And so, you know, I think it talks to sort of having, perhaps a detox day where, you know, if you kind of go on and you've just come through kind of um, a really um, tumultuous few weeks from a, a, you know, Black Lives Matter perspective where, you know, people are posting a black block on Instagram and feeling really self-righteous about that, you know, and feeling yeah. they know, I feel the pressure to be able to do that. Um, so I think you've got you've to untether yourself to just the predominant narrative that people are kind of, um, you know, purveying. And, um, and, and, and then hone in and say, okay, what do I want to talk about? Um, what do I truly believe, you know? And more importantly, what's really going to add value to me in, in respect of either making a difference or adding value to my particular business or organization? Now, when we spoke a week ago, um, and I was running you through the concept of well-branded and, you know, sort of getting advice on how to charter my waters, because it is, it is a new business for me. It's, it's essentially starting from scratch. And one of the things you said to me was, stop focusing on the negatives and focus on what makes you different. Um, and sometimes that can be a lot easier said than done. Uh, what I'm doing, what a lot of entrepreneurs and new businesses are doing is not new. And I know you said to me not to say that, but that's the reality. It's not new. So your advice to me, which I'd like you to share with everybody else is, you know, what is, or what should someone from a mindset perspective be putting themselves 
through or, or what sort of questions should you be asking yourself when positioning yourself or repositioning yourself in the market on the other side of this? So on the other side of the challenge and you going through the opportunity stage and you are launching and flourishing and what should that thought process be? So I think we've dealt with the fact that it needs to be in line with your values and who you are. Okay, cool. Tick. Let's, let's say that we're at that point now where you say, I feel like this is a reflection of who I am and it's not sort of in contravention of that. All right, great. I think the next step the way people get really caught up, right, is we get sort of locked into the fact that, as you say, there are tens of other people that are doing exactly the same thing or I don't really like the name, you know? It's like, oh, it sounds funny, it's weird. Um, what you have to realize though, is that I think that that lack of action is what's probably gonna hold you back more than the fact that your name doesn't land perfectly in your particular target market, in your subjective opinion, you know? Um, and again, if you look back and you say, uh, I don't know, in a, in a South African context, is Woolworths a nice name? I don't know, probably would fail like a branding, yeah. uh, Pick and pay, you'd fail a brand name. Emar, people would be like, um, in Dubai, like, actually, that sounds really weird. You know, it doesn't really ring off the tongue. But what they've done is they've built sound business practices. They've built sound relationships. And the thing that you should be focusing, the only question you should ask yourself in business, once you know that it's in line with your values, is what is best for my customer or my client only? I think you've got to take an outside-in view. I think too often we're sort of going, What's best for us? What do we like? Just ask yourself, what is best for the client? What is best for the customer? What is best for that relationship first and foremost? So I was on a um, ID live a few weeks ago with the team in Brazil from the Fair One Properties. And we were discussing the trends and the progression, the travel industry or the, the changes the travel industry might undergo in the next couple of months or years. And one of the questions I was asked was, what do I think the shift in business focus would be going forward for travelers in terms of how brands like hotels or airlines see their um, travelers and what that shift potentially is or isn't going to be? So I'm going to send that your way and say, in terms of business, in terms of entrepreneurship, do you see a massive shift? You're saying it's quite sort of customer centric, which is one aspect of it. But are there other elements, are there new ways we need to be looking at a brand, at a market, at a target audience? So I've been, I've, I've been saying this sort of ad nauseum during this um, COVID-19 period, right? Is that when you are a, uh, a smaller business uh, or even a, a kind of hotel chain or a leisure group, you've got to ask yourself, how do I create resilience? Um, and I don't mean personal resilience. I mean resilience in terms of, how can my business set up shock absorbers to be able to absorb shocks going forward? Because that's what COVID-19 has taught us, right? Is that if you have one revenue stream and that gets stopped, how, how do you pivot and adapt to be able to survive? Um, and so I think in certain instances, it's, it's easier if you're a hotel chain to say, you know, can my business be, you know, uh, linked into a local ecosystem where I'm not only reliant on, you know, people that have to travel by aeroplane to come to me, you know, how can I be linked into local businesses, perhaps smaller margins, you know, sweat some of the assets that I have in terms of real estate and space. Um, and yes, um, and then the kind of um, the, the real money will come when it's like my season time and tourists are coming in and all of those kind of things. Are you as a business um, thinking about diversifying and creating a value model in terms of not only perhaps how you diversify your income, but 
reinvesting into different things. You know, if you're in the business of hotels, would you silently be in the business of something else that gives you sort of the balance sheet and the resilience to be able to survive things like this? My hope is that, and I, I truly believe this, is that we're not going to stay in this world where people just want to go to the store and buy bread and milk and drive back. I think people are deeply creative people. People have vocational um, you know, wants and desires. People want to see the world. People want to connect. And so I, I truly believe that it will bounce back, um, the leisure and, and hospitality industry. Um, and I think that it's, the onus is on them to think about how they can create more resilience going forward for any other possible shocks. And would you then apply those similar concepts or ideas to business outside that sector? Absolutely. Um, I think it, it goes without saying to say that if you're, if you're a small business, um, you've got to be saying, all right, so how do I, if this is my core income stream, what happens if that gets blocked? Like, what would I do? Like, can you create sort of a scenario plan where your core income stream gets, you know, kind of uh, obliterated for a six month period? Would I be able to survive? You know, should I continue paying rent or should I rather work from home so that yeah. I have, you know, or should I, um, you know, try and buy a space or be in a, a more agile sort of uh, we work co-working space type environment? So, you know, those are the kind of questions we all have to ask ourselves going forward. And the hope, in my opinion, is that people, um, particularly business owners, find a way to be smarter with what they have, right? So, um, and increasing, ultimately increasing their margin to be able to, to build up the, little, like the level of kind of security required because it's really no joke. I think we can sit here and, and kind yeah. of um, have conversations about, you know, theorizing where we're going. It's no joke when you kind of are at the bottom of your bank account, you have people to pay, you have no way of sort of creating income and you've got to almost remember this pain and put things in place to be able to absorb other things. You know, maybe it's not a global pandemic. Maybe it's, you know, something else that, that, that sort of like stops you from trading in the way that you normally would. Yeah. So when I think back to a couple of the, the talks that you've given um, that I've sort of tuned in on, selling your story was, was one of the focuses that really caught my attention. And throughout the webinar series, one of the biggest focuses I've placed for new businesses or entrepreneurs is the importance of building that story. Now, do you think on the, the sort of other side of the crisis, the post-crisis curve, that people need to revisit their brand story and revisit how they construct that story to reflect whether it is the pain, whether it is, I mean, the reality is not every business has experienced pain. I mean, there's retail sectors in the digital space, I know in the market in the UAE that have thrived through this. Um, so does a brand story need to, or a person's, do you need to wear the scars of this period or do you move past it sort of taking away the lessons, but sort of closing that chapter and shelving it? So I, I always believe that you should own, um, you know, the parts of your story that make you different and real. And that's your personal story, your personal brand story, um, and, your, and your kind of company brand story as well. Um, I think there's this fixation on trying to be perfect. There's this fixation that like, if you're famous um, or, you know, have a million followers, that it's kind of um, more interesting. And, and I think that's, that's a misnomer. I think the, the everyday stories are more interesting. And I think that we need to uh, double down on that. We need to sort of be able to connect to that and, and not tell that in an authentic way to say, it was, it's been hard for me. 
And as a result of this, we now offer this. And as a result of this, we don't offer this, you know, so that there's context to your story, so that there's um, an understanding of who you are as a brand beyond your product and service line, you know. Um, obviously, if there's unneeded things that, you know, is not going to serve you, then, then don't. And I think it is about, and, you know, in, in some of those talks that I, that, I, that I do, which is like the art of selling your story, it's about saying, our products and our services are this, this kind of never-ending web of like facts and data. And how do you build sort of a story and a soul into that that people can connect to? And that doesn't mean that every part of the facts and data need to be in that story. In fact, you need to hone in on and kind of choose the salient points that add um, authenticity to your story and makes it kind of easy for you to land with people going forward. So uh, that's, my, that's my take. Is you, you've got to own some of it, but not all of it. Yeah. I mean, I love you use the word that I've been singing about for the last few weeks. Authenticity is sort of up there with consistency in my book of if you remember nothing else from what I say, these are the two things you should hold on to. Um, and in terms of advice for people being authentic, um, taking up opportunities, I quote you, and I, we joked about this last week, I quote you often <laughs> in webinars, sometimes with credit, sometimes without, as my friend. Um, and one of the things that you said that really stuck to me in one of your talks was, if someone asks you to get on a plane to Durban, and for people listening, Durban's... Uh, in terms of context of South Africa, the least, trying to think of the best way to say it, the least busy city from a business perspective in the country. But you said, if someone jumps, ask you to get on a plane to come for a meeting in Durban and it could eventuate into something, jump on the plane and always jump on the plane. Now, apart from my absolute passion for travel, which made me cling to that statement, the thing that stood out the most is just grab opportunities because you never know which way they're going to go. Yeah. So, um, so it's true. I mean, I, there's so many ways that, that that is true, right? So it's true in the sense that if you truly believe, and I'm going to be quite philosophical about this, right? If you truly believe that every part of your journey is just part of your journey, like you're, you're on the path you're supposed to be, you know, if you, if someone asks you say, Hey, please come to, um, Doha, uh, you know, and like, I need you to come and like see me. Um, then there's a reason you're being called there, you know, and, 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 and that reason may be the fact that you need to get away and think and sit on the plane and, and sit next to someone that like tells you something and you, you gain a, a perspective on yourself. Right. Um, and so I think just from a, from a personal leadership perspective, I think that it's, it's really good to be able to kind of just think that even if it's tough, I'm on the journey to going where I'm supposed to be going. And I think that that's tough, you know, when, it, when, when you're in a, in an entrepreneurial environment because it's lonely, it's difficult, and you need to be able to take up those opportunities to connect with people. So that's one lens that I would look at that particular statement. But then I think the, the context within which you speak about that is that, again, it goes back to being this inside out rather than outside in. Don't sit, I think I speak to entrepreneurs all the time and they're like, oh, you know, business is really tough. I've, I've read my company profile 10 times this week and I really like it, but, you know, but, but have you read that company profile to 10 other people? Have you, have you gone to the, to the kind of coffee shop down the road and sat there and worked from there and spoken to the person who's coming in to buy like takeaway coffee at that time, you know? So you've yeah. got to yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think that it's, it's tough, especially when we feel a sense of, fragility when we feel a sense of like oh am i am i good enough um people tend to go into their shells so 
only good things happen when you jump on a plane and you and you sort of courageous enough to try and go out and do something cool you know well i met you from you jumping on a plane right so only good things only good things can happen let's use that so my client um in south africa i was saying hey i'm going to dubai next week and he goes hey i, I want to introduce you to someone who's um a really amazing business person and super well connected and you should definitely have you know coffee with her and then reach out and then i think there's been a kind of a multitude of like things that have happened as a result of sort of taking up the opportunity of having um one coffee in dubai you know yeah absolutely now comfort zone you spoke about comfort zone and i'm glad you did because it was was going to be the next question that i ask you i know from having to redesign and reapproach um and sort of restart what i'm doing at the moment that the comfort zone barrier is probably the biggest and most important thing that you need to push past whether you are going to just work out the same business you have post crisis or if you are looking to start something brand new so if you were giving people advice on how to approach that boundary and then overcome that boundary of comfort what would it be um i think um it's for me it's really tethered to who else you have with you on your journey a little bit right because um uh, and i think again there's many ways to kind of answer that question but one of them for me is to say do you have and we speak about this like do you have a sparring partner where you can just quickly for 30 minutes say hey you know this is what i'm thinking of doing like what do you think can i sense check that with you i say no i think you're crazy i think you should just stick to what you're doing there's no reason to do that or absolutely go ahead and do that so having those people that can kind of help you um to gain a sort of a perspective on yourself and where you are because it's very hard right when you're doing what you're doing to gain a perspective on yourself so surround yourself with good people that can give you sort of a diverse view on a particular topic um and and i i often speak about this find complementary team you don't have to be everything like if you're not the person that's going to be necessarily the person that's dying to push yourself out of your comfort zone all the time make sure that you 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 surround yourself with people that are different that are people that are kind of courageous and you know perhaps slightly more whimsical and you know and because you could that's something that's needed in that regard so i think that's important is you know don't put pressure on yourself to be everything you know have that and then you know the last thing i'd say is develop your own sense of a mindfulness and a consciousness of yourself and this goes into perhaps this is a whole another podcast altogether right which i speak about because for me entrepreneurship and branding and authenticity is all linked to leadership and self leadership so it's about saying having an outer perspective of yourself to say uh, zahira what am i doing am i being nervous why am i being nervous or zahira are you being belligerent like are yeah. you are you naive are you like to be able to speak about yourself from the outside in is really important and so if at times you don't have amazing um aids and people to have coffee with at all times you can do that for yourself um and and sort of take a view of yourself to say should i do something different should i do it the same um and for me that that idea of self leadership is is intrinsically linked to entrepreneurship and branding yourself correctly now i've taken on a lot of that i mean it's stuff that you've you've thrown my way and in terms of a sounding board i i sort of appreciate that having that element with people like yourself but when you're talking self leadership a part of that also then will develop into a concept of self promotion and self branding and i was listening to a podcast yesterday actually about how no matter what you do 
everybody needs to be in a space of self-branding and self-promotion in any shape or form. You know, we talk about it all the time. Um, one of the things I remember you telling me was call yourself how you want the world to see you. So don't position yourself how you think you see yourself. But if you put those titles and those names, obviously based on an accurate framework, but put yourself out there as you want the world to see you. So whether it's in your Instagram bio or however you want that to happen. And going back to that podcast, it was very much about owning that space of if you don't promote yourself, you know yourself best, no one else is going to do it. So that's always a space that even someone like me, I struggle with to some extent. And I know that there's loads of people out there that are the same, that just really struggle to push themselves forward. And it's probably one of the biggest, I don't know if it's a comfort zone element or just a personal obstacle that we place in our own paths. But what would you say to people on the, the area or in the area of self-promotion and having to actually own that, your brand, own who you are and own what you know you can do in the world? So people have the wrong perspective of the idea of selling in and of itself, right? So let's just unpack that for a moment. This idea of sales, if I say this person's a salesman, you kind of go, ooh, is he going to sell me like a, a, a dysfunctional car or is he going to kind of sell me an encyclopedia at the, you know, and ring my doorbell? Um, and yet what we need to realize is that like being a salesperson and branding yourself and putting yourself out there is a really noble thing. Like the, our economy moves as a result of the fact that people can kind of move things and we can pass and, and barter and trade products and services to each other. So we have to fundamentally shift this idea that being a salesperson is like a negative thing, right? And particularly if it's linked to, as you've been speaking about, your brand purpose, your authenticity, blah, 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 all of those kind of things. And so I think in a, in a, in a post-COVID world, you know that every business should be a technology business. Every business should be a digi digital business. Every business should be a marketing, branding, sales-driven business as well. Um, Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, says like, there's no use being the best author in the world. You need to be the best selling the author. The best selling author, yeah, yeah. So, um, and again, um, I think it makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. They're sort of saying, well, I'm a, I'm a genius chef or I'm a genius, um, you know, whatever, a pr product designer and people will just come to me because I'm just so amazing, right? I think the number of people that are that uniquely brilliant is very few. And I think that you have to set your stall and your plan around the fact that you are perhaps um, talented and uniquely brilliant in your way, but you have to find a way to be able to get it out there. I see far too many amazing people that just stay in their box because of out of fear of, you know, I don't want to be seen to be selling, you know, so get someone else on board to help you do that. Yeah. I mean, some of the advice that I would always give a personal brand, which in all honesty, I don't take on board myself, I'm full declaration is, is exactly that. If you're not good at selling yourself, get somebody else to do it. Get somebody else to send the emails to pitch you, get somebody else to do that. And I think it's probably a combination of, this is a deep unpack, but it's probably a combination of that, fear of judgment when it's yourself and also the sort of harsh space that social media creates if we're talking in a social media context because it is it's a very quick it's a very misunderstood at times and a very sort of skeptical area to be pushing yourself to aggressively in yeah and i think that you know some, what's useful as well is to create you spoke about those 
those labels and those words that you call yourself, right? So the world, we, we like tell people how we want to be treated. We let people treat us in, this, in a certain way. And in the same way, the lexicon of how you uh, describe yourself is really, really crucial. So create a level of objectivity. So um, Sarah is an entrepreneur, thought leader, and fashion designer, for argument's sake, you know? Not my, it's kind of like people believe what you kind of keep repeating over and over again. And so um, have that in your head because it sort of lays down the marker for you to work towards that. So, okay, well, am I a thought leader? Well, okay, well, let me, let me, start, let me start coming up with kind of bodies of knowledge and kind of um, thought systems that I want to share with people then, right? Am, am, I, um, am, I, am I a fashion designer? Well, then let me kind of get out my next range or, you know. Um, so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy when you lay down that marker. So it's like, who do I want to be? put a vision board together, set some goals, find the words that describe who you want to be, and then go out there and do it. And I think um, you touched on it briefly, and, and I've spoken about this, is that about two, two and a half years ago, I just changed the narrative of the fact that, hey, I'm a, I'm a business owner. I own a company. I was like, okay, well, um, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an investor. By virtue of the fact that I've invested in other people's businesses, I'm a speaker, so I am. You know, um, and when I, when I did that, uh, I'm a film producer, um, people came to me and were like, hey, I heard you're a speaker, so could you speak at my event? Or, hey, I heard you're a film producer, I have this idea, I, I wanna do this for Netflix. So um, it's a really, really powerful thing. Okay, here, I'm gonna just throw a slight spanner in the works with that, right? So w yes, that will work. And I 100% know just from applying the concepts that you've shared with me that it will work for me. But we also unfortunately live in a bit of a smokes and mirrors kind of world, right? So at what point or at what stage do you put that out there and work towards it versus putting it out there without the meat on the bones to support it? No, I, I think that's, I think it's, it's, it's a really important point because um, I'm quite skeptical when people are like, um, it, like, for example, it took a long time for me to call myself the CEO of my own company. Just like, I was like, what does the CEO mean? You know, like, I, I don't have a board. No one appointed me the CEO of that. Um, and, and so I had to say, well, I actually know I am the CEO. It's kind of, I have, I have the staff, I have, you know, a track record. This is what I've done. And so it's, you've got to also um, check, check yourself in that regard. So, so don't say, you know, don't make it unreasonable. Don't make it far-fetched. Don't say, I'm Shukri, I'm a, um, you know, I'm a, you know, global musical star and like hip hop yeah. artist not you know even if i want to be i'm not you know uh i might want to kind of release a few albums first before i tell people i'm a i'm a hip-hop star you know um I mean, i'm just being facetious but yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah i mean yeah. The, the reason that question came up because there's a few people on my webinars that sort of say well you know i know what i'm doing and i'm doing it really well but there's fifteen thousand other people claiming to do the same thing but i know they don't have this, the right credibility or the right experience or the right training and I sort of said the same thing, you know, you've got to have something to draw on to warrant that title. And then you bridging the gap between the experience and maybe where that title's at, but to not have any basis to it is, and I can understand that being quite frustrating and, and, and sort of off-putting, if lack of a better word, for some people in that industry, especially now when there's already a sort of 
pressure cooker on every industry, you really want to stand out and you really want to own what you have and what you have to offer. Yeah. I think so. Um, again, let me, t- let me go, let me go back two steps, right? So we know that the idea of a brand and a brand strategy is something that is embedded, right? It might be something you revisit, but it's kind of your brand DNA. It's something that exists. And what I see too much with individuals, particularly, um, is that there's um, not enough action beyond that. So in other words, your communication strategy that flim, that um, kind of flows from your brand strat. And so, for example, you've got to be saying, what is my level of activity in terms of interacting with people? I feel like there's sometimes this there's too much rearranging the slides on my PowerPoint and not enough just straight up coffees. Like I'm just having a coffee because um, people will buy you and buy the fact that you happen to be there at that time. Like so many times I've gone to people and I'm hoping to sell a particular product or service out of one of my companies. They don't want to see my profile, man. They're like, they, yeah. they're not interested. They just, they want to have coffee. We're chatting about it. And then I just anecdotally tell them that we can do X, Y, Z. And they're like, Oh, it's so interesting that you say that because I happen to, you know, one of my colleagues asked me if I knew anybody that could do that. So we've got to work really hard on, 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 uh, on being well-branded. You like that? There you go. Um, can you say that again? Thank you. We've got to work really hard. <laughs> um, and then we've got to spend the lion's share of our time going out there and connecting with people. And if you, if you forget nothing else, for me, that's what it is. That's really, really important. See, now, I, it took me a few years to, to understand that because I'm a very haphazard type of work style. I'm not the methodical Excel sheeted, everything's in a document. You can, you can go in and you can access things by clicking on three files and you have everything. I'm a, most of it sits in my head. Most of it comes out of my mouth, not on PowerPoint, and that's how I work. And for the first few years of having an agency, I used to feel mildly inadequate because I know I'd speak to people that were going into the same pitch as I was, and they were spending a week on a PowerPoint deck. And I would prepare it the night before and go with a few lines on a slide and know that the delivery and me was what was going to communicate that messaging. And it's taken me a few years and a few conversations like the ones we've had to understand that that's actually okay. Like that is, that is the way people don't want to read. They don't want to be presented to, they want to be talked to. So I'm going to say, so I have a, I have a notebook. It's my Oxford, uh, one of my Oxford Said notebooks. Um, you have to, cause you were saying, I don't necessarily kind of um, plan everything off an, off an Excel sheet and, you know, have, the world's best PowerPoints like everybody else has and stuff like that. But what I, what I would say is really important then. So if you, you sort of done well to say, this is who I am, this is my brand, I'm going out and connecting with people. What you have to be able to do is find a way to synthesize the information that you're getting, right? So you're going out there and you're getting data from all points and you've got to be able to sit down and say, what are the three most important things that came out of that for me? So it's not a diary. It's not a journal that says, um, you know, I'm in love with this person, dear diary. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of helping you to process your thinking and your thoughts. Um, and so that ability to be able to um, recall, synthesize, um, play and tussle with information as you're going is really, really important as from my perspective in terms of 
uh, a branding journey because your brand is a journey, right? And that story is ever evolving. So find a tool like a journal or a notebook that allows you to be able to um, hone that skill. I had a lecturer at university that said, if you want to be an Olympic athlete, you have to train like an Olympic athlete. You have to be, you have to eat like an Olympic athlete. You have to sleep like an Olympic athlete, right? And if you want to be an Olympic thinker, you have to keep a notebook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of old school. Like the, I say old school, but writing on paper, which it's scary that we even think of it as old school. But yeah, having a notebook and just writing things down is the best way to move forward. Now, before I let you go, I'm going to do a quick fire round with you. So five words. The minute I say the word, you tell me what's the first thing that pops to your head. Okay. This is, just so you know. No, no, you, no. It's super easy. I just, it's just got to literally be the first thing that pops to mind. I'm scared. Okay. All right. So, yeah. all right, let's do this. I'm bracing. Sorry? Chukri. Uh, entrepreneur. New normal. Uh, gig economy. Crisis. Um, uh, calmness. Brand. Authenticity. Future. Um, balance. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was brilliant. Shukri, I am so grateful for your time. And I know that there's just so much that people can pull out of that. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure I will. And that's part question, part statement. I'm sure I will have you back on the podcast a few more times. And um, thank you so much. Thank you for having me and keep up the good work. I think it's really, really awesome. And um, uh, and really, really, I think a great time to be launching something like this um, at a time where we, I think we can all kind of think deeply about who we are and where we are in the world. So congrats and, and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on an episode of Well Branded, the podcast. Subscribe for the latest episode right to your inbox and pop by the website at www.bewellbranded.com. You'll find me on Instagram and Facebook at Be Well Branded, and I would love to hear from you. I hope to catch you on the next episode soon.